0: Explain to me your logic, because my logic is very clear. Women in the workforce equals more money in the household equals more spending in the economy. Like that seems real simple. So like, explain, like, give me a good reason why we shouldn't support families.
1: hey friend it's almost the end hey, of season friend. two recording can you can you believe it I can't um I know either the fact that it's almost the end of October is like insanity to me
0: yeah yeah like I just got used to writing 23. <laughs> And, and it's been in been three been months, been I have to write twenty-four.
1: <laughs> Damn it!
0: Like, I
1: mean, can't, can't, well, more devastatingly, we've got daylight savings coming up, so yeah. we have to survive that first <laughs> before we can, yeah, get here. My kids are already pissed that it's dark out when their alarm goes off. So, huh? uh-huh. the fact that it's going to be dark out at dinner time pretty soon is not going to go over well. Yeah. No, it's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. So, what's your peaches and pets today or this week? So, uh, my
0: peaches is yesterday. So, this is our first week without four day a week practices. Yeah,
1: same. Because
0: volleyball, because volleyball ended. Yes. And so we had, and I'm the coach for my oldest daughter's team for Charlotte's team. And so I was a little bit sad because I really do enjoy volunteer coaching for that age group yeah. because they are very receptive to coaching. They still think I'm really cool. Right. <laughs> like they haven't entered that like, oh my God, adults are so lame. But they're also like – they can take direction unlike Caroline and Nora where it's just like a shit show the entire practice. right? Um. So yeah. So Tuesday this week, we didn't have anything and generally – I'm at the YMCA for two hours that <laughs> evening. Um, and so it was just kind of nice to have a normal weekday with the family. We played outside because it's been beautiful out this whole mm-hmm. week. And so we just like, we had a really nice supper. We played outside, just and it was very like, like it reminded me of like a black and white yeah. TV show. Yeah. Like it was just very wholesome. <laughs> and so that's my peach. Um, my pit is – it's budget season at work. Yeah. Uh, and that those are always just like – it's just – it's yes. always hard. Yeah, it's hard decisions that you have to make. Um, and you feel like you're guessing. I mean, obviously, there's like data to support right, your, right. your end goal. But as a nonprofit, like rolling out of COVID, like it's just – Especially somebody who's in the insurance business because health insurance companies are the bane of my existence Um, because they'll get – they'll say anything to not get paid or to not pay you. So, like, it's just – I think it's just a really stressful season making sure that we're setting obtainable goals but also Mm -hmm. making sure that we're not, like, short Changing ourselves and not and allowing us to be stagnant.
1: Yeah. Because I think
0: that growth is really important. And not even growth, just like sustainability. <laughs> Staying open. Staying open would be really cool because I don't have a plan B. <laughs> this
1: podcast is about to get real intense. This dead. podcast is. <laughs> you're real lit (laughs) real lit oh my god Um, what about you? that I can't not um, comment on real lit there is the um, fallout boys like newish album from this summer and there's a line in there and they say everything is lit but my serotonin (laughs) yep 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 yep. so that's what that reminded me of (laughs) medications do that for me instead (laughs) Um, I'm gonna say my pit is that I have been sick all week. It's just like a mild cold. Um, but sitting outside in the cold rainy weather for flag football and baseball all weekend did not. Flag football no. was a tournament on Saturday. So we we're out for like a few hours, and then baseball is just long. Um So it just feels like it's hanging on and I'm just waiting for it. Like I keep telling myself I'm like one good sleep away from being back to normal, but it has not that sleep has not appeared.
0: Yeah. Um you can't you haven't
1: manifested it
0: into real life
1: yet. I mean, I did sit down for lunch yesterday and woke up three hours later. Oh my god. So I was like, well, I guess it's really good that, like, um, I work remotely. Uh, and my boss knew I was sick. So I'm sure, like, that's amazing. You know, I had my phone next to me and I have told them, like, I am not feeling good. So if I, like, am not responding on Slack for some reason, please do just, like, call me. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and no one did. So.
0: And there were no well, was, missed
1: emails or Slack. It was. Yeah. it's been a quiet week, so at least that's
0: work-life balance,
1: right it's there. It's a for good you. Week to be sick, I guess. But yeah, <laughs> t- take a three-hour nap.
0: <laughs> that's so funny.
1: It was delightful. <laughs> I'm sure it was. Um, and my peach this week, I am. I will have Willa come and record it, but she um, becomes a chicken. Now, at like the drop of a hat, and so she puts her little like wings up, and she'll go bark, bark, bark. <laughs> oh stop. And- why didn't she do it for me at dance tonight? Um, I don't know. She did it one time very quietly, and usually it like escalates to like a very loud chicken. But the hilarious thing is that she does it um first of all, like. Sometimes she's doing it just to be funny because she knows that we all think it's funny. But another – like the other half of the time, she's doing it um, to get out of something. So like if you ask her to like do something, she just goes full chicken. And then like obviously you can't make a chicken like – Go use the, Empty the dishwasher, or yeah, or like pick up her toys. So she just like full chickens, and chickens don't have um, thumbs; they can't pick. They up They do not, and it's funnier to. She'll do it to like Hudson and Nora. Like they'll be trying to help her do something, and um. And she'll just, like, pull the chicken out. And they're like, "No, have a chicken! Pull the chicken <laughs> away! <laughs> Which just, like, encourages it. And it is the funniest thing, That's watching amazing. her do it. Um, Quick side story about chickens. I have to
0: take the time to tell you. So my niece is going to be a chicken farmer when she grows up. This is my brother's daughter, yeah. Zoe. She's going to be a chicken farmer when she grows up. They recently got chickens mm-hmm. and all of them have like food names. Yeah. So there's like cinnamon and brownie. Cute. And a couple other ones. And then the last one's name is Beth. <laughs> <laughs> just Beth. Just Beth. Yeah. Just Beth. And like we were all just like dying because we're like, <laughs> where where did a seven-year-old be like, I think that chicken's name is Beth. Right, right. <laughs> It's my favorite, but yeah, she like if you ask Zoe what she wants to be when she grows up, it's a chicken farmer. Obvious. She goes. She sings to them every single day because it's good for the soul.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's cute. That is. She's really committed. (laughs) Um, what about your partner praise? Partner praise is
0: I've had with work being super busy. I've had a lot of early mornings, and so as, like, a recap, Jesse works from home. We have three elementary school-agers, and then we have a daycare kiddo. And so he's – I feel like Jesse's been, like, really proactive about looking at my work calendar Mm -hmm. because I have it saved on our family calendar, that, like, he knows what days that I'm traveling to Lincoln. And so on those days, I'm obviously leaving the house almost an hour earlier than I normally would. Um, but, like, he's just been really – he's been taking so much initiative in the mornings to get the kids ready for school. So that way I can really just focus on getting myself mm-hmm. and all of that stuff ready to leave the house because he always jokes that he's going to go put his work shoes on and his work shoes are his slippers. Right. <laughs> um. And so like I always really appreciate that like extra like I understand that you like have to do more to get out of this house. Right, right. And like our kids walk to school and yeah. so like he literally only needs to do just support them. Right, right, right. All fit together? And so it's just really nice that, like, he's taken the extra step into looking, like, okay, Angie has to go to Lincoln today. Right. So I'm going to make sure that Warren's ready to go early because he's on my way to go to Lincoln. And so I've really appreciated that, like, just extra effort in the morning and not acting annoyed by it. Yeah. Because, like, that also means that dad has to do hair,
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and stuff Definitely. like that and like he hasn't once been like oh my god can you just brush caroline's hair before you go because i might <laughs> if like yeah. if the if the rules were reversed i'm like can you just brush caroline's hair because i think i can <laughs> i don't have the patience for it but like he's just been really great about just like not complaining and just like yeah you get out of the house and i got this that's so.
1: awesome Super <laughs> helpful <laughs> Totally. What about you? Um, so we're recording this like mid October and obviously like in Nebraska, um much colder weather is is imminent. Um But only in the mornings. But only in the mornings. Like let's be clear, we're experiencing four
0: seasons. <laughs> yes. In a twenty four hour period. Correct.
1: But soon enough, it's definite I mean, it's gonna be dark by dinner time and um it will be like cold. And so our like living on an acre and a half, we just have a lot of things that have to get mm-hmm. done to like essentially like winterize the winterize. yard. Um, and so Eric took off this week and has been just like hammering through all of those tasks, and they are things that Aww. I do not generally enjoy. I, I still have to help a little bit, but I have also been sick, so there hasn't been like a, hey, do you want to get off the couch and come help kind of a vibe? Um, You're like, sure, don't, boyfriend. Right. I don't. The answer to that is no. Um, but we've got some trees that have to come down. Um, more? more- yeah, one of them just randomly died. It just didn't come Ugh. like it was totally healthy um when it went into like hibernation, you know, or whatever you call it. Oh, like here. Yeah. Is it an ash tree? I think it might be one of our ash trees. I don't know. You uh-huh. could tell it got attacked by a lot of bugs because it had a lot of like oh. woodpecker marks in it. So that I don't think he's taking that one down, but like he's taking our seusical trees down and like the tall evergreens just mm-hmm. because like they've been infested by like bagworms and they just need to get taken out. And so there's just a lot that has to like happen happen, and it has to happen before it gets cold. Um, which, you know, it'll take a few weeks to get everything done. So he's been like knocking out a lot of really big yard projects. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate that it's, Is just a lot to get it ready to go and situated for like cold, cold. Yeah, totally. Um, so the spitfire story that I have, um, is so last week when I drove Caroline home from dance that, so this has happened one other time when, um, they were allowed to bring a friend and, and, Talia was with them, um, mm-hmm. but I had just laughed because they did it again, and it r- resulted in this little, like, argument, but Caroline carries around in some depth of her dance bag a single earring that Fiona gave her, and – No, she doesn't. Does she? Yes, and I, – I, This is news. I don't – I – and I guess I should say Fiona gave it to her in that that's what Caroline said. So yeah. whether or not, like, it's accurate. She
0: actually gave it, it to it her. But it did
1: sound somewhat legitimate because Caroline has said that Fiona lost the other one, and that's the reason she was able to have it. So I was like, okay. I mean, like, like, it kind of makes – it could, yeah. be, could mm-hmm. be realistic. um, But – uh. So Caroline carries this like solo earring in her bag. And when we drive home together, her and Nora sit in the way back of the van and use it to, to pierce each other's ear, like or to pierce themselves. I shouldn't even say ears, because they start with the ears and it quickly progresses to other parts, of the, parts of the body and so um like they will pierce they'll like double pierce their ears and then they pierce like their nose and their lip and I forget there was some other random thing where I was like I don't I don't think you can pierce that but um <laughs> then at one point I am I am fairly certain so I did check in to be like you are not actually trying to pierce yourselves really right much. um and I confirmed that that was not happening They were just pretending. Um, I did hear one time um, some mention of some nipples. And so I don't know who came up with the nipple piercing idea.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's probably Caroline. Let's
1: be honest. It might have been. It does not sound like something Nora would come up with. But
0: for the record, I do not have my nipples pierced. However, I am in breastfeeding medicine. (laughs) (laughs) And so nipples are, like, a very frequent topic at my house, nipples and breasts.
1: (laughs) And um, so they get into this argument, um, a 20-second argument, because Nora pierces one too many body parts on her turn and she's like caroline you can just fine then just pierce pierce two things on your turn like it's just it's not that big of a deal and caroline's fine then i will and then like she does it and it's like their arguments are so funny to me because they're like a flash in a hot pan like yeah yeah and they were legitimately annoyed and then nora offered up some sort of like palatable solution caroline was like fine i will fine. and then like that was it. She begrudgingly takes it, she, and, but she was like, "Okay, fine." And and then it was done, and we were moving on, and everybody returned to like happily piercing all the body all parts. the body parts. So I was like, I am not sure how the nipple piercing came up. I have a lot of questions, and also I am slightly concerned that this is what leads to your teen mom years that you role play during how. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, they're role-playing, piercing, and teen pregnancy. So
1: we're doing something right.
0: Cheers, bitch.
1: I got (laughs) this.
0: Oh. I mean, we're not raising sociopaths. We're not. Right? We're not. We're not.
1: not. So. So that's it. (laughs) That's it. Someday we'll revisit this episode. (laughs) And it will either be a self fulfilling prophecy or a funny story to tell at their wedding,
0: right? Like it's going to be super fun to like in ten to twenty years yeah. look back at these podcasts and listen to all these Spitfire stories and be like, "You girls were buck fucking wild." Yes, yes. And like all we could do is so just hold on to y'all was create a podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> They'll be running a company and we'll work for them.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That's like my retirement plan. It's Caroline. <laughs> Caroline. <laughs> Caroline's my retirement plan.
1: Hopefully all um legal things that she Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. So hopefully it's a drug it's not a drug cartel and it's like a fortune five hundred she's going to be leading one or the other.
1: I have I have faith in her. She's good. she's a good kid.
0: Fingers, fingers crossed. It's not like a made off thing either.
1: <laughs> All right. So today we are talking about what other countries are getting right when it comes to essentially preventing the mental load, which really boils down to supporting Families, um, And I know we've talked about this once in the past. I forget why it came up, but I remember um, when the girls were in ballet, we were talking about if we like move to different countries um, where we would move. I said Costa Rica. Because I need to be on a beach and I need to be warm, and you were like, "Well, I hate being cold, but I would hands down move to Sweden or Norway because, like, bar none, their family support is like top notch, um, and it, it made a lot more like rational sense than <laughs> than the beach. Than the beach, I mean, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> like, but it is. I mean.
0: No, I mean, on a beach is not that bad, but if you're going to be like bringing children into the world, the Nordic countries are where you want to
1: be. Yeah. So, okay. So proud Sweden. (laughs) Wait, are you actually? I'm actually Swedish. Oh, okay. See, there you go. So like the majority of my ancestry is English, Swedish, and French. Oh, okay. So you'll just be returning to your roots.
0: I'll just be returning. Yeah, exactly. And then Jesse is like almost 50% Norwegian.
1: Oh, so there you go. You guys, yeah. guys haven't made we have it. We haven't
0: made up in Scandinavia.
1: <laughs> All right. So walk us through like what the Nordic like countries do to support yeah. families. So
0: first off, they have these baby boxes, which I don't know if you've ever seen one in real life. Yeah. Um, They're super cool. We have one at work that I can show you sometime, but it's like an actual physical like banker's box, but it's larger and it has a mat in the bottom. So it it serves as like baby's first crib Mm -hmm. because I mean, we know in European countries, housing is just a lot smaller. They just live with a lot less space because that's their culture. And so it just makes sense for these babies to yeah. live in this two-and-a-half, three-and-a-half-foot box. Um, but also included in that box is also, um, like, early toys, some clothing, some diapers, some wipes. So they really, like – it's, like, the country's way of saying, like, welcome to the world mm-hmm. and, like, mm-hmm. setting them up for success, which I think is, like, a beautiful message. Yeah. First off mm-hmm. to send. Um. But then also they have an incredibly generous um, paid parental leave. In Norway specifically, um, they offer full pay for the first 44 weeks. Um, and at 80%, if parents opt to take an extra 10 weeks on top of that, so t- totaling 54 weeks. And to encourage both parents to play their part, fathers must also take six weeks Um, parental leave or risk losing payments in, like, for the same period. So, like, they're kind of, like, twisting dad's arm. Like, no, like, really, you need to bond with your baby. Mm -hmm. And otherwise you risk, like, losing out on actual benefits, which I think, like, I don't love forcing people's hand to anything. But if we're going to force anybody's hand, like – Supporting the family unit,
1: I think is really not that bad. Yeah. I mean, if, if I am forced to take six weeks fully paid leave, right. like worst case scenario as a dad, right. you you get a lot of time to invest in your yeah. hobby, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. hopefully that's up. not the case. Hopefully you're yeah. actually like doing newborn baby things, but worst case scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Hey friends, this show doesn't have paid sponsors, but we do have some wonderful people who support Angie and I, and I can't not take the opportunity to tell you how wonderful they are and about their wonderful work. Let's start with Melissa. Melissa Bloom was a guest on season one, and I've had the privilege of working one-on-one with her, and I am so proud to tell you of her newest offering, Joy School. Doesn't that just... Make you smile. When we first started working together, and I identified that the mental load was taking a heavy toll on me, Melissa really helped me put into words what I was seeking when I said that I wanted to lighten the load a bit. And that was to be more present in my day to day life with my kids. Sometimes, especially as busy moms, we get lost in the routines of our families, and it feels like time is flying by while we're just on the outside managing moments. Joy School can help you shift out of simply going through the motions of your day and enjoy the small moments of wonder and joy with your family by delivering these delightful videos and words of wisdom that just honestly speak to your soul what i love about joy school aside from the fact that it's hosted by melissa is that it doesn't feel overwhelming the videos are short and they only come once every two weeks you get these little love notes of support from melissa and you can choose if it comes to you via text or email it's 11 dollars per month or 99 dollars per year and you have the option to gift a subscription to a friend if you've been looking to make a shift as you start the new year, be more present with your family and take a step toward lightening your mental load, please give JoySchool a try. There's a link in the show notes, and I do want you to know that I earn a small affiliate commission if you use the link, but there are a few things that I accept affiliate links for, and I could not be more honored to support Melissa and JoySchool. Next Let's talk about Lauren Gordon. She's a season two guest who I was introduced to by Melissa. So it's no wonder that I also love her, her energy, and the work that she does. If you are a working mom who is struggling with any part of your professional life, Lauren is available to be your life and career coach. As a fellow working mom herself, Lauren draws from personal experiences and challenges that she's overcome And she is a certified coach who has worked with hundreds of working moms and professionals during her nearly two decades in the corporate world, all while running her coaching practice for the past three years. Visit www.laurengordon.com to learn more about how to work with her and follow her on Instagram at workingmomcoach for tips you can begin applying to your life today. Everything is linked in the show notes, and Lauren was such a delightful guest to have on the show and has such a calming presence about her, so I cannot recommend working with her enough. And now, back to the show.
0: But essentially, they, they understand the importance of that dyad mm-hmm. relationship, and so they just really they force it, yeah. essentially. <laughs> They also they also offer universal child care from 18 months to seven years. So in those early days when you're in between birth and kindergarten, um, that's all covered. Mm-hmm. They have um, capped child care costs. And then the other piece that's really interesting is the strong gender equity in the workforce. So they have gender quotas, um, and the legislative branch is 40% female in the country's parliament and on business boards, resulting in a strong female presence. Um, even Norway's prime minister, the minister of finance, the minister of foreign affairs, they are all female. Um, and 41% of women make up C-suites in like the mm-hmm. big picture. Which I think is super interesting because that is absolutely not the case in the states. Yeah,
1: isn't it in like two or three percent of? Exactly yeah, it's a the very it's one hundred percent less than five percent. Yeah, sixty <laughs> percent of the time we quote our stats right yeah. every time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, if you don't know that quote, you can't listen to us anymore. Um, okay. <laughs> Hi. Nice to meet you. Right, right. Um, Okay. So then you, it's, it is so crazy to me. And I see, like, recently I've seen. Kind of one of those like unboxing reels make its way around Facebook um, for the baby box. And so many of my mom friends were like, oh, look at this. Your government is supporting you like right out of the gate. And it's – you know, it's not anything like necessarily super crazy, you know, like a couple of – It's not lavish. It's not lavish at all. But – I think about so many people in like the American culture who go home and may not have a safe place for their kids to sleep, who may not have clothes, who are only leaving the hospital with the diapers that like the hospital gives you, which I don't know like – I don't know if it's even standard practice. I know where we delivered, they would be like, hey, you can just take home this package that you opened and you used over the past couple of days. And most of the time it was like five or six diapers. Um, So it's just – it struck like a chord, I feel like, with every single one of my mom friends who happened to come across it. They were just like, oh, wow. Like, you – you would like your government would like send you that because i'm pretty sure i got a commemorative shot record <laughs> for my kid
0: <laughs> right so
1: doesn't quite have the same impact <laughs> no no it shouldn't sure um, and then you kind of contrast what happened so it was really interesting to me kind of as I was I was researching this is that essentially like the Nordic countries in America were kind of at the same sort of crossroads politically like in the early 1980s. And so mm-hmm. – and like the Nordic countries went left and we went right. Um, and they kind of put these socialist um, – or not socialist uh, – social programs in place and then in America, we had Ronald Reagan coming to power. Um, and in 1980, there was this thing called the moral majority um, in in America. And it was really kind of this like evangelical lobbyist philosophy. And um, it had about – so this like moral majority had about half a million members um and they were basically these activists that had like three main priorities they were that were directly kind of related to, like, the sexual revolution of the 1960s. So kind of coming out of that, we've got the moral majority heading into the 80s. And so their whole thing is, like, the denunciation of homosexuality, the fight against abortion, um, you know, which in 73 is when Roe v. Wade was um, ruled on. And then – they, you know, they kind of move past that, and they reject the ERA, which was the Equal Rights Amendment. Um, so essentially, like Ronald Reagan looked at this group of people um, that had a lot of support in America, and essentially was like, he made a political choice. He was like, well if I want to win the electoral college, I have to cater to the Christian right. And that was essentially who was kind of fueling this moral majority. And he like made his political calculations and was like, if I want to win the presidency, I have to cater to this. So he came into power. The Nordic countries went left and we went, we took a hard right into essentially like what we have, have today. And, all of these policies, you know, have just kind of continued to snowball and essentially like they hold women back economically because it makes childcare care unaffordable. Um, it really strips out a lot of policies that help support families as a whole. And I think I feel like one of the main themes that we've really kind of pulled out this season is that like the modern setup doesn't work for women or men. Or men. like it's not just a women in right. America problem. It truly is like a family it's a family's, problem. It's an American family's yes. problem. Um like regardless of how your family is made up, it is like we do not do what we could to support people. Um you know, and so all of these things kind of come into place and then you – so we've just sort of been like coasting along since the 80s essentially and then COVID hits as we all know and really just like puts <laughs> puts all of these um, flaws in the system – under a bright shiny lot or bright shiny light, you know, mom I mean
0: it was roughly three million women mm-hmm.
1: left the workforce in twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. And, and that was it's three years later and we're just getting back up to like the numbers we were at right. prior to that. Um <clears throat> but actually sorry i take that back we came back after covid in higher numbers because we had the child care spending stipend um oh, so right. more women were allowed were like coming back to work but now that that has ended we are looking at kind of a drawback down to mm-hmm. kind of like covid type numbers um and obviously the United States is especially good at putting policies in place that hit women of color and families of color particularly hard. Um, if you are any sort of minority based on like race or sexual orientation, we're real good about like, you know, making life even more difficult. Um, so essentially like women look at this and they're like, okay, well, at a certain point I'm just tired and I'm burned out. So I'm I'm going to leave. Um, and obviously if we are opting out of the workforce, then household earning goes down, which means our spending goes down as a family, which means as an economy, our spending goes down and companies lose more workers and therefore are losing opportunities for innovation. So we just like kind of put ourselves into this, like self fulfilling or self-perpetuating situation where we just continue to like shoot ourselves in the foot and we have all of this information available to us that's like, here's how you could do better, um, by families and for those of you who really love capitalism, like here's how you could like make even more money. Right. Um, But we still – We still don't view it as economically beneficial to support families. And thoughts on why that is? (laughs) Because...
0: (laughs) I mean, I feel like this is one of those things where I'm like, explain to me your logic because my logic is very clear.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Women in the workforce equals more money in the household. Equals more spending in the economy. Like, that seems real simple. So, like, explain – like, give me a good reason mm-hmm. why we shouldn't support families.
1: hmm It feels like it comes down to, like, a very um, – like, it's a political bargaining chip, essentially. Yes. Um, and it's it's strange because and, – and we could – I'm sure, do an entire season on how politics like negatively affects families. So I don't want to – I don't want to be a dead horse necessarily. Right. But um, you – what's interesting to me is that I have seen so much research. I'll have to see if I can find an article to link in the show notes. But um, child care and family policies are supported – equally by Democrats and Republicans. So like the average American like believes that we need more support for families. Like it is very rare in today's political climate (laughs) to find some kind of common ground, but family seems to be it. Um, And it's just so bizarre to me that even still – like, right. It, it still feels like an uphill battle. It still feels like an uphill battle. And so I just I just started googling to see if I could find the answer to be like, is there somebody who's like studied this who can right. like tell me why when it seems so statistically and, like data driven supportive mm-hmm. to, to give families help, like what what is it? And so it kind of goes back again to this like this mentality that we adopted as a nation in the 80s, which was basically like it rested on this false assumption that if we provide help to people, it discourages them from taking responsibility. For their children or their own actions, like and you see, like I feel like you hear kind of these comment, you know, comments yeah. when it comes to things I mean, like welfare and stuff like that, like the food welfare. stamps and things like that. Right. Like, oh, okay, yes. well, you're not that is that is a very like it. It is not ever something that I like. I understand when people are like, okay, well, that person's never going to get a job because we we give them food stamps and we help, and and like, therefore do you know how, like they're not you know
0: how much. Food stamps they get right. Like, I do. You, this is all very supplemental. It's all very
1: yeah. Like nobody can can solely live off of that, and like, and nobody's like, maybe I should
0: have another baby, so I should get, so I get more welfare.
1: Right, right. It's not. Um, it is like this kind of gross, um, like interpretation. I feel like of sort of. The American dream, or like the entrepreneurial spirit that we we try to pride ourselves on, or we say that we kind of pride ourselves on as a nation, um, where we're like, oh well, <laughs> but if we like, we give you a hand up, like you're just then you've got to be lazy give, as fuck and you don't want to do anything. Right. And I'm like, do you know do you know anybody who likes to be on? food stand, you know, like who isn't like right. trying to – I mean, I'm sure – I'm sure there – yes, there's always people who abuse there's it. There's
0: always people. Always.
1: It doesn't matter how large the system is. It doesn't matter how like um, immaterial the system is, you know, like you could, you could put a sticker reward system in place for kindergartners and I guarantee you've got some little, you know –
0: manipulative master
1: manipulator manipulator who's like okay well I you know took an extra sticker when you weren't looking and put it on there and so now like I'm one step closer to my candy you know like it's right you know it doesn't matter how serious the issue is somebody is always going to abuse the system and I feel like as a as a society we have really just like embraced the idea that like Basically, anybody who's getting help must
0: be, be abusing abusing the
1: system. the system. What you know, and it's like
0: when let's look at all the other factors, right? And as they are, like, well, oh, I don't know systematic racism and (laughs) generational poverty and like there's so many other reasons and it's not like people are – like, man, I really wish I was living in
1: poverty. Right. Like nobody wants – Correct. Correct. Like, you know, even somebody who is like abusing the system, I feel like if you took a second and you were like, let me be really like empathetic to this person right now, I feel like you could probably make an argument that like maybe they are abusing it because we've made it too difficult for them to get out of the cycle. You know, like right. it d- does it make it right? No. But no. like rarely is one person just so is anyone just so like Yeah, I just I don't care. Like I'm super happy living below the poverty line and like not having electricity yeah. or what, you know, so. Yeah,
0: I love struggling to get <laughs> warm running water.
1: Right, right. This is exactly how I pictured my life and <laughs> I am unwilling to like do anything to change it. Um, yeah. So again, so this, so it was just kind of this idea and like it, it took root in the 80s where it was basically like, if we provide support to families, then like we will discourage them from taking care or taking responsibility for their children. We'll just essentially create like a bunch of lazy parents um, who force the government to like pay for their kids. While to contrast that, other wealthy countries, other first world countries, spend an average of fourteen thousand each year per child on early childhood care while the U.S. only spends 500 I mean, it's not even like a close contest.
0: Right, right. We
1: really just dug in and we're like, yeah.
0: We're just like, no, thank you. No.
1: We are… It's a hard pass for me, man. Like, yeah. I, can't, I don't want to give you more than $500 and I'm probably going to like tax you on this $500 too. Yep. Um, So it's really just like ultimately what it comes down to is that government support is at odds with parents being responsible for their kids. Mm -hmm. And I think it's pretty fair to say that helping parents is not the same as parenting for them as giving them, you know, as giving them income and it doesn't – and like support doesn't replace real life parents, you know, or real life like um, I guess effort. I don't know. That sounds so like not the right word.
0: Lessons. Yeah. Lessons essentially, Uh, (laughs) essentially, (laughs) correct.
1: Like just because you give me help doesn't mean you're doing it for me. Like, right. That is not true in any other aspect of, you know, it'd be like if we denied college kids, um, the ability to go to like a professor's office hours or to get a tutor, because if we helped you understand the material, we're basically just giving you your degree. Like, you're not working for it, you know? Or if we or if we offered you on-the-job training, then, like, you're going to be so – if we teach you how to do your job, you're going to be too – You're going to be so dependent on – Yeah. You're going to be too lazy to come and actually do your job. You're going to be like, oh, ah, yeah. well, I'm so good at it. I don't need to show up now anymore. Right. Like
0: – Yeah. I mean, there's so many, like – very easy comparisons, where – and those comparisons sound absolutely ridiculous. So like how the logic can follow on the parent side of it is like mind-numbing
1: to me. Mm -hmm. Like we we treat parenting with punitive punishment. Totally. You know, it's this concept of like tough love. Like, hey, we will (laughs) – we'll just, you know – Make it hard on you, but it's it's for your own good.
0: It's for your own good. <laughs> You're going to pull yourself up by your bootstraps.
1: Right, right.
0: Those boots that you can't afford.
1: Correct, correct. Because
0: we're also going to tax the fuck out of you and we're going to make
1: you pay for all your childcare. Yes, yes.
0: We're not going to support you in any way.
1: <laughs> so then I feel like the question is – so obviously like this paints a very bleak picture of and because obviously like policy and um you know making giant societal shifts is going to take years. Years. Um yeah. it's not a quick fix. I feel like highlighting why it's like why we should care because there's so many good things that come out of supporting families um yeah. we know that in countries with gr- greater gender inequality just closing the gap slightly um increases the output by an average of 35%. So even even if you don't bring women up to like full equality. Just even if you give us ninety cents to every even dollar. Even if you gave us ninety We're cents to every dollar.
0: It. We're gonna make the effort. We are
1: going to make the effort. Um <laughs> you know, and you do see you do see some things happening within states, I feel like. Yeah. Um I feel like that is kind of one of the positives that has come out of such like a tense political climate is that you have seen some states really step up and and states are really kind of the like um the the test areas for things mm-hmm. that end up becoming federal policy so I do feel like there is hope um but in so these are all kind of like things that um came out of COVID funding and so, New Mexico, for example, used $77 million to create the American Rescue Plan Act, which basically it creates competitive pay for childcare professionals. That's huge. Okay. Um, Iowa used $30 million to provide. Um, recruitment and retention bonuses to child care workers, um, and then they could also apply for a bonus every six months. So, th- I mean, again, that sounds like a huge win. Um, yeah. And Maine used American Rescue Plan Act dollars to provide $200 monthly stipends to early childhood educators. Um And then they're actually moving to make these supplements permanent parts of these people's salaries. And this is just investing in like childcare workers, right? This isn't – who are generally predominantly women. Um, But – Again, like investing in the family infrastructure. So what happens when you have daycare workers and childcare providers who can earn real living wages means that you are able to provide higher quality education or higher quality early childhood care. We know kids Mm -hmm. who get quality childhood care have less chance of becoming incarcerated. They go on to earn their own higher education degrees. Like, again, like you you said – Like the logic makes so much sense. Yes. You (laughs) set everyone up – For success. Success. Like these kids go on to be healthier adults. So you have to invest less into your healthcare systems. You are filling jobs today while also guaranteeing that you will fill jobs in the future. like in 20 years. So – It just seems so –
0: I think this is like where mm -hmm. I just want to like beat my head against a wall. Mm -hmm.
1: Yes. I I would agree. It just – it seems – There's so many good things. It's so obvious what can come out of it. But I also think that what we don't – and obviously what our focus is on this podcast is the mental load. And so when I think about how we kind of strip out and refuse to support families – Kind of going back to the top of the episode where we talk about dads taking six weeks off, I guarantee if my husband had had six weeks, I would have found a whole lot of shit for him to do. That was not yeah. just like, hey, could you hang some shelves in the hall closet? Like, yeah. you know, we've we've talked at kind of at length in, in the past how maternity leave is sort of like where the mental load really – Shift. It was probably there before, but it it wasn't – you didn't quite feel it the way you do after you introduce kids into the picture.
0: It's like putting your feet into the dunk tank Mm -hmm. and then you have a baby and you go all the
1: the way down. Um, And so when you're stripping out um, options for husbands to be at – or partners to be at home and to be part of the mothering process – like they're not learning those babies the way that women are, and yep. so they are—they don't feel as equipped to step in and be like, "I see that you're exhausted. Let me go ahead and like take over for a couple of hours and like do it with confidence, right? Right? And, it, and or go to those
0: doctor's appointments, right?
1: That. So many
0: babies have in the first month of life. Yes. They're seeing, oftentimes they're seeing so many people. They are. And so like to have dad involved in that and make a relationship with that provider really just empowers them with the information that they can then make decisions at home when mom is just too fucking tired Mm -hmm. to
1: or even, dad even when like, we're sick, you know, right? Like baby gets sick, mom gets sick. Yeah. And, you know, you're lying there feeling like you are one step away from death.
0: The grave. Yeah.
1: And your husband's like, I am so sorry to bother you, but like, where do I find the baby's bottles? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you know, and you're what? like – What's for dinner? What's for dinner? Have you seen that like oh have you seen that um that meme where it's like it's like me at my funeral and it's like the, yes. and like the husband's leaning over the casket like did you go grocery shopping before you died yeah. or whatever it is. yeah,
0: yeah. yeah.
1: But, you know, Supporting families obviously, from an economic perspective, makes a lot of sense, but then also it just sets people up for more success later on, like in their own yeah. individual households. And I would argue that, at the very least, even if you're not going to pay me the same amount as you would pay a white man, even if you're not going to offer, um, men the same amount of time off as a woman, as a woman, or even, you know, like you think about all the various scenarios, like oh, adoption right. versus, um, like a natural conception with biological parents, or, you know, I think we ran through a bunch of these scenarios. I mean,
0: even that, just going vaginal. and Correct. And-
1: like you know, even if you're not going to make all of that equal, um, at the very least, like, if my household feels more equal, then even if I come into an unequal work environment, I am still contributing at a higher level. Yes. Because I'm not pissed off that, like, my husband didn't know where any of my kids' clothes were. Like, couldn't figure out the mysterious drawer organization system and get them dressed while I showered because I overslept or whatever it is. You know, like there's just – there's so much I feel like that you could argue that it just makes everyone happier, you know, Mm -hmm. and I would – Well, and it benefits – I mean, it benefits businesses too. There was an –
0: um. IMF analysis that shows that the, a greater presence of women in financial institutions and financial policymaking goes hand in hand with greater financial resilience. So like clearly we have a place at the table. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so like let's support
1: that. Yeah. And it's it's interesting like that statistic in general caught my eye when you popped it into our like prop document, just because, you know, you think about like this idea of financial resilience. And again, what do we dislike more in America? Having to help people with government programs. (laughs) So again, it feels like it all sort of ties together. And if you just supported us you wouldn't have to pay for us in other ways other more expensive ways like i <laughs> preach 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 preach. i mean gosh we're just here with the choir tonight. i mean again, this
0: is like my head against the table all the time absolutely when when i talk about the subject Yes,
1: I, I it would agree. Makes sense, and I think you know this episode in particular doesn't necessarily have like a um like its own call to action. I think we are kind of like sure. bringing together um this idea like lots of ideas that we've kind of been talking about throughout this season. You know, we've had we've had um yes, like Jen on who. Talk about like what you can do in a household situation uh, or like at a household level um, and how you can find like more purposeful work and have more intentional um, time to focus on yourself not in terms of self care but in terms of like work that feels meaningful to you um we've had guests like sarah on who are talking about how you can kind of slowly um make policy change in a workplace um you know which still takes years but probably far fewer years than like than government federal. policy would take right. um so I feel like it really just kind of comes down to, I don't, maybe it's pointing out the obvious, maybe, or maybe it isn't obvious. maybe We certainly are not the first ones to connect the dots between no. all of this stuff. But I think, um, you know, again, it, it comes down to what you can do on a household level to help show up um, and be a more productive contributor um within your workplace, which obviously then kind of snowballs in. Um but I don't know, even saying that out loud, it sort of feels like, eh, if you just kind of fixed your house and like <laughs> this is a you problem.
0: <laughs> this is a you.
1: I mean, I sort of
0: feel like on like the federal level, this feels like a can of worms that nobody's willing mm-hmm. to open. Mm-hmm. And that is why it's been avoided for so long because it is so multifactual. Yes. That like oh, like we should support families open and like outpots <laughs> child care and yeah. pay parental leave and out I mean and outpots the gender wage gap. And so
1: like yeah. I
0: feel like I feel like it's easier.
1: For To just ignore it. it? To be like, to oh, I'm going to
0: get, get the this. Low hanging fruit. Like, yeah, like they're going after the low-hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. But like at the end of the day.
1: That doesn't make meaningful gonna, change.
0: Yeah, like, and maybe it does happen at the state level first. Like, yeah. obviously state legislation is going to be way easier to change.
1: So here, than, here's an interesting question for you uh okay. cuz i was telling eric about this episode as i was prepping it and i was like oh my gosh can you believe these statistics that I, that like i see about like the nordic countries and all of this stuff and so then we were talking about um and eric has lots of opinions on like politics in general it's kind of genuinely like something he um enjoys and so um I was like – I asked him, I was like, could you imagine having like a year off if you wanted it like or two just to like – and he was like probably not incorrectly was like, well, yeah, but that's never going to like – he was like that's why I support um, all parents getting a minimum of six paid weeks off. But then he like launched into all of it. Cause I was like, well, why just like six? Like, why not 12? And he's like, well, I mean, you can take up to 12 because then after that, and he like basically, um, kind of laid re- out a
0: whole policy for re- Well, <laughs> he kind like. of
1: back what's in, what's in place today, which is, is essentially like, you know, you are, um, if you're not in a small business, you're guaranteed six weeks of FMLA leave, and then you can supplement that with, like, short-term disability. And I was like, yeah, but um, – Does he know that we're still yeah. wearing
0: airplane pads at six weeks postpartum?
1: I mean, he's handling kids. <laughs> I mean, he's he's seen the aftermath. Um, and, I mean, I pointed that out. I was like, you are – barely healed and he was like well yeah but you can't put like too much of a burden on businesses right away so it was interesting because it was like on one hand he's like I am very supportive of it but then also it was like this sort of um and he he's like a fantastic guy. I don't want to say like you know I'll make this out to say that like he is really just here to hold the status quo because I don't think he is but um but he that there is. So it was, so my question is, because I was like, if this were me and I get that he was like, you know, I think it should be this way for a period of time. And like, you continue to kind of increase the leave essentially. Um, but then it doesn't. And there was like a threshold that it didn't exceed and all of this stuff. And, um, I was like, but, like, why wouldn't, if you're going to change it, why not just go straight for like a full
0: year? year?
1: And he was like, well, Kaylin, come on. Like, you can't, you can't do that. You can't, you can't make businesses who previously didn't let employees take any time off suddenly give them a year. He's like, who's going to do their job? And, and so it was just like this. But I think my point is, I think that's probably like the average person's like thought is like, well, w- whoa, what's going to happen here? But my question to you is like, do you feel like it's kind of a measured thing? Like do you think we have the foresight to be like, okay, we're going to, you know, for, for three years we're going to mandate this and then from years three to five it's going to be this and like we essentially work our way to it or do you feel like we just fall into Either we don't change or we go, okay, fine, we'll give you six weeks, and then we leave it there.
0: I think that we have the capability and the capacity to, like, very easily ease our way into it. Mm -hmm. And we have dozens of models. Mm -hmm. Literally every country outside of Papua New Guinea has a – Paid parental leave policy. So like I feel like we could look to the other. Dozens of countries. And develop. I mean like. Even to like our north and south. Canada has a very. Progressive policy. In nearly a year. Mm -hmm. Where Mexico has. A 12 week policy. And their 12 weeks is 100% paid. Mm -hmm. So like. I can absolutely see us, like, making our way through, and there certainly has been headway. Like, I don't want to discredit, yeah. like, there has been headway in some pieces, like the PUMP Act recently, um, which is, like, the federal protection for employer or employees who are expressing breast milk at work. Like, that has been expanded, which was desperately needed. And so I do think that we're making these like little incremental changes, Um, but it would be really nice to see some like real, real changes Mm -hmm. because if it didn't work, then other countries wouldn't continue doing it. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, And I think the bigger, and I think like the biggest point is to kind of like wrap it all up and bring it together is like when you support it, you are – like when you support families, yes, economically you are supporting the country, but at, you know, at a more individual level, like you are creating more equal relationships. Like you are freeing up and you are Mm -hmm. shifting some of the mental load off of just women onto a shared partner which then like again just allows you to kind of get into the the literal economics of it right and and i think that's something that it it feels like there are so many other like maybe um more material policies or things happening, um, that deserve like more attention or more support. Um, but I feel like if we kind of flipped the lens and looked at it from the perspective of like supporting families and what that does, like how that kind of opens up paths to solve more of those problems, like you think about, um, you know, climate change or foreign policy or anything like that, where if you had more diverse participants at the table, do you innovate and solve faster? Do you connect differently and come up with policy that benefits, you know, people more of the whole, whole, you know? So um, I think it's easy to kind of get lost in the economics. It's. It reminds me a little bit of like the princess and the pea, right? Like the yes. mental load sort of feels like the pea. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: And we can add all the mattresses we want; we're still gonna feel that pea,
1: right? Right. That's what it. That's what I think is shocking to me is that like no matter how many times I went around in this circle, I came back to, okay, but if the load was a little bit more shared. Lighter a little lighter, like do you have, does it, do you automatically see it snowballing into the economics? Right. And I feel like by looking at what other countries are doing, it's a pretty resounding yes, but uh, what do we know?
0: But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're just two people in the Midwest. We
1: are. We are.
0: With jobs and
1: kids. Who are literally living the life. Um, yeah. Yeah. So on that note. Um thank you all for being here for listening to continue to show your support. Um, we hope that you share this episode with someone if it resonates with you. Um, shares obviously help bring attention to these issues and the conversations we're having. And of course, if you write, rate and review the podcast that helps us find other people and other listeners like you who care about this conversation and continues to help elevate this conversation and bring it to the forefront where it deserves so until next week until next week (laughs)
0: bye (laughs) see you